0: All right, so, without further ado, we welcome you, Toby Newman, to the next Gen movement podcast or show or whatever you want to call this. Thank um, you, great you. Well, mate, we're super grateful to have you. Um, we obviously, we enjoyed working with you on some of the other stuff we did with your team. Yep. And yeah, you know we really enjoyed that process. and we are excited to have you on the show and What we're going to be talking about today is learning and development, and in particular, your perspective on that subject matter in relation to the rapid change that we're seeing in technology and in the commercial environment, right? Yeah. I think it's something that is super important, and it's something that we're really keen to dive into. So. Toby uh, works at Here Technologies. He's a leader in the learning and development space. And we met some time ago on LinkedIn and we worked together on a a project within his organization. So we're super excited to have you, Toby. And without further ado, I think we should kick this thing off.
1: Um, Obviously, Toby, in your space, you see a lot of... uh A lot of, uh, I guess you'd be open or or exposed to a lot of interesting people, um, you know, that are doing really, really well, great things in their field, I guess. Is there any common traits that you see uh, from those that are super successful that you get to uh, engage with? Yeah, Um,
2: I think the the biggest one for me would be uh, that keen sense of self-development. Uh, i 've done many interviews with senior leaders, both inside my company and uh, around the business uh, and in my previous jobs and The one thing that always sticks out is self development um, and what I mean by that is that they are nobody 's forcing them nobody 's telling them what books to read, what uh, articles to to read up on. Who to follow on Twitter and Instagram um, and LinkedIn, um, and what kind of traits and what um, trends are happening? They want to do it for themselves. Um, they've probably been coached at maybe a younger age uh, about the importance of it. Uh, it could be their you know parents and upbringing, uh, but that is definitely a common trait that they they feel that there is a Uh, a need for themselves to go out and find the information, nobody's going to give it to them.
1: Awesome. And I guess, you know, just, I guess, dovetailing into what you just mentioned in in terms of, you know, from a young age being really hungry to learn, I guess, more curious about yourself, like what inspired you or or what uh, made you want to head down this path for your career? Uh, It's an interesting story because
2: I was... I was actually uh, after university. If I'm being honest, I was jumping around from job to job, and I really didn't have a clue what I wanted to be. I was a relationship manager. I was in customer service. Um, I was. I knew I loved film, so I was working in blockbusters. For those, you know, for remember blockbusters, yeah. I worked at my local cinema. Um, but one thing that's uh, and it was a. Complete coincidence that I was working. I was an assistant manager for Blockbusters. And uh, my manager at the time said, uh, there's new people coming in. Uh, can you train them on the till? Because there's nobody else that can do it. And I'm like, well, okay. Never tried that. And it just, something happened. It was like kind of a a click. Uh, and I was like, ooh, I like this. I, I like kind of you know, the, the what I was getting from them. I felt I was kind of, I could do it. Uh, without anybody telling me how to do it, uh, and from that moment on, every job I went for was aimed at uh, learning and development. Uh, that was yeah, 20 years ago. Um, and the weird thing to to kind of to uh, to end not to end that, but to kind of my recent journey in terms of uh, where I am with video and where I am with uh, learning culture is that again, it wasn't kind of me thinking, you know, I'm not saying I have I don't have original thoughts, but I didn't think one day this is the way it should be. Um, and this is, a, a, for me, a big recommend for anybody that wants to get into this area, or in general, is to get yourself along to these expos, these big events that they held for, for us, it was learning and development. Uh, and I went down there and I was, Shocked and amazed all at the same time about how many people are in the industry just in kind of in London uh, And how much passion there was and and you get to see all the trends happening now You have to kind of work it out for yourself of what's going on But it's a real great thing for me That was the the kind of the next big thing is that I could see oh, there's a lot of video happening here Uh, and there's a lot of kind of companies that are moving into uh, Self developments uh, and learning culture, rather than typical e-learning, and that's kind of where I've ended up now.
3: That's awesome how the the kind of passion came from something that I guess they cultivated from Blockbuster like twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. When uh, like with how here technologies is now, and you guys have really implemented L and D. How have you guys converted the cynics? Because I'm sure, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one because it's kind of like we have and we haven't. Um, So there's there's this kind of, um, I I think I recently saw on LinkedIn, it was a a quote that I saw that that said that when you're dealing with this kind of, um, kind of pushing the envelope uh, in terms of L&D is that you should not try and convince everybody what you should do is encourage the 20, 30, 40% that are with you, the kind of the, I think everybody's kind of seen that bell curve in terms of like kind of the, was the early innovators and then kind of the blue sky and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not a marketeer as you could tell. Um, but it's kind of, if you work with those early, um, early innovators, the people that kind of see what you see and, and want to go where you're going, then the rest of the crowd kind of comes along with you. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of spending too much time convincing everybody, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't try and convince them. You should spend effort doing it, but not all your effort. You should actually spend more of your time on the small people, small people. You know what I mean? The small uh, parts of the company that that actually um, kind of wants to go in your journey and help you.
3: Yeah, it's like crossing the chasm, isn't it? You're having the protagonist, the that's early the one. innovators, yeah. that blur stage before the bell curve goes over. And if you can get hit the laggards or the mainstream, yeah. or the households, that's when yeah. you're done, right? Yeah.
0: Mm. It's, a, it's a very similar techniques that are actually employed in a business transformation. You, you'll never be able to get everyone on board. And you're right, you're probably going to be spinning your wheels if you try to. <sighs>
2: Sorry, something dropped. Oh, it's oh.
0: okay, mate. There's a ghost in your house. Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I wanted to talk about, and it probably uh, touches on what Pof has just brought up. During the whole culture transformation or the L&D transformation, you might have people that can't cope. Um, in, in the correspondence that you and I had, we you, you touched on how many individuals struggle to cope with. Uh, the kind of revolution that's occurring in many firms towards L and and, and rapid change. What does not coping look like And what would be your recommendation to people that are struggling to cope with change?
2: Ooh, that's a, that's a big one. Um, there is many different things, um, uh, regarding change of organizations, speed of, of companies. Um, There are a couple of things that both individuals and companies can do to uh, ease uh, the the, the stress levels. The first one is uh, communication in in all levels, Uh, making sure that uh, the transparency is, everybody knows exactly what's what's, uh, going on, what's planned. Uh, obviously you can 't you can never really say everything, but you can try as much as you can um, so it's important that the the transparency is there the as far as the individuals are concerned, it is important that that they i, I don 't want to sound flippant because stress is is a big thing, and everybody deals with change differently but It is one of those things that change happens on a regular basis, both in our lives, uh, personal lives, and business lives. And I think that it's, I don't know if it's a struggle, I mean, you guys know better than I do in terms of generational differences, in terms of millennials dealing with change versus, uh, that was it the generation X and all that kind of stuff. But I think if a person, an individual needs to cope with change, uh, they need to get the information. They need to understand what's happening, why it's happening. And at least from my point of view, they need to understand the psychology. That, I mean, when I do change training, it's all we start with the brain. We start with the kind of the chemical reactions that happen when change happens. Uh, that you've got the fight or the flight uh, motion and how that's changed over the uh, eons into what we deal with now. And there's been some great white papers and some books um, on the psychology of change. So I think it's important that you understand yourselves. And I know you guys are big into that side of kind of uh, knowing yourself and kind of empowering yourself. And that's in a sense where it needs to start. It needs to be you thinking, um, I am going to make the most of this. Uh, I need to get the most information and I'll take it from there.
1: Toby, I want to jump in. I mean, you know, when we uh, finally were able to get you on, um, you know, we had—I know—we had a bit of a chat around kind of, you know, where you wanted to skew the conversation, and it, w- it was interesting. Like one of the points you made, right, in terms of—I um, think you said that technology is moving so quickly. By the time you sort of research something, it's like it's already passed. It's already, you know, yeah, it's a new point. So. I guess um, my my question to you is for someone out there that's watching, um, more so from an individual level that, because the whole L&D thing can become um, quite overwhelming due to the information that's out there, what would be your advice to someone that's out there watching this that wants to get started, wants to do a little bit more work on themselves, um, but kind of doesn't know where to get started?
2: Yeah. So there's a couple of things that you can do as an individual. Uh, and I'm talking about kind of career growth uh, in general. Uh, the first one is to understand yourself. Um, and I, there are many what we call psychometric tests um, out there, the the one that springs to mind is Myers-Briggs, which is all about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, uh, whether you're uh, a beliefs or culture, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a number of free tests out there, uh, and there are ones that are paid. So it's understanding yourself for one. You can also find um, psychometric tests regarding your career and how your own Kind of what you're good at, what you like, what your passion is, how that can influence your uh, career. And I'm not saying you should now go and work at a bank or something. But It's more about you should work with people or you should work with numbers. To give you an example, um, my uh, wife loves Excel and she was a business analyst. And she uh, got a a well-earned promotion up to team management and she was doing brilliantly and she still does do brilliantly. But she kind of came to a realization that her passion is still in business analysts and uh, doing data uh, and uh, Excel. So she is now uh, looking at, I think she's uh, starting soon, of not going back but moving sideways back into the data analyst bit because that's, mm-hmm. that's what her passion is and that's what, where she gets her energy from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important that you know yourself, that you kind of have a good idea of what kind of drives you, uh, what makes you tick, what makes you get up in the morning. And there are lots of exercises and, you know, information you can find on the internet these days. The, the third step is, um, work with your managers. And you know, the last thing I want anybody to do is to kind of go, right, I'm quitting tomorrow. Um, and I'm going to go and find something new. It's, I've had that so many times by kind of my Colleagues who are a lot younger than me saying, "Oh, it's so frustrating. I'm just going to quit." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." The last thing you should be doing is that. Mm. If anything, you stay at a job before you find another one, and then maybe move across. But it's important to work to give your company uh, and your bosses the the time and the respect to to develop you within uh, within that company, uh, because the grass is not always greener. Mm. Um, and if that's either possible or not possible, the kind of the last stage is to develop yourself. Don't wait, and and as that this is kind of what you were referring to in terms of like what I was talking about um, in our correspondence, is that in the past, the knowledge used to be held by people like me, the trainers, the lecturers, uh, the teachers. We would tell you when to teach, uh, when to learn, how to learn, who to learn. Um, that's kind of too slow because if you do that now, you wait for three months for the training to, uh, to happen, it's too late. The, the tools come along, the new persons come along, and it's too late. So it's, again, working with your managers, kind of, you know, I'm not saying you should go off and go defy your managers and your company and your goals, but it's important that you, find, you can find a lot of free training out there Um, that can fill those gaps for you. Uh, For example, there's things called MOOCs, Mass Open Online Courses. Uh, Some big companies called Coursera, edX, Udemy. um, They're all very, very good at giving free courses. And we're talking about almost up to degree level courses in some cases, for free um, on everything from presentation skills all the way up to machine learning. Um, And there are TEDx um talks and there are free stuff it is amazing how much free training you can find out there Uh, and that's kind of that self-development bit so it's know yourself um know what turns not turns you on that's a horrible thing to say but know what um uh drives you and what gets you up in the morning um and then um self-develop yourself to go and find those skills for you
3: those are uh, t- uh, Toby. I've done, I've done them before. They're pretty great. Like they come from a, they're almost at an Ivy League level. I know yeah, they um, are. You Khan. get Stanford's uh,
2: and all these kind of companies doing great MOOCs.
3: Yeah, I think Khan Academy are doing. Yeah, from Stanford, yeah, um, YouTube, Yale. one yeah. With Yale, like especially, um, and it, it wasn't. There was a point where you can actually pay to get like a replica degree. Um, yeah. But well, it's, you just want to grab as much as the modules and the content. It's and very-
2: it is one of those things that um, a lot of people ask me, uh, like, you know, well, I've gone on to Coursera or something and um, it's asking me to pay for the course. Um, but again, just a, a little tip for everybody is that when you go onto these courses, they do. Uh, they offer you uh, a course for about anything between fifty and two three hundred dollars, and uh, what they'll say is you'll get an, a certificate at the end. I'm not saying it's a con. It's definitely not. It's a uh, it's a way they make money. But what you can do is there's usually an option that says, "Do you want to audit this course?" And basically, what that means is you can take the course for free, and you just don't you just don't get the certificate at the end personally I don't kind of go along with this whole um, oh I got a certificate from Yale and I got a certificate from Stanford Um, to me it's all about the the knowledge you take away Mm -hmm. went to school Um, but that in terms of those freebies is like kind of have a look at the ways that you can get these things for free not illegally because this is perfectly legal Mm-hmm. Uh, that you're allowed to do it. But <laughs> making sure that you can, and especially in Coursera, is you can get the free one without paying for the certificate.
3: Yeah. You, I know you're big on like sharing that knowledge and implementing it into the work the workplace. Um, obviously, self-development, you mentioned before, like the people at the top level are just doing it naturally, whether they're going on YouTube or they're reading books or they're just hanging around mentors. How do you um, implement that into a work culture? So that, um, like, what are some insights that you can give to maybe having more companies um, they start investing in more L and D, so that it is I don't know, maybe even part of the the, the day the day shifts. So they're doing, yeah, yeah, setting time so for it.
2: For me, um, I think the first place I want to start with that is. Around budget, because a lot of people think that in order to do these kind of high end uh, learning cultures, is that you need budget and you need um, great LMS learning management systems, or nowadays they're calling them LXPs or learning uh, experience programs or platforms, should I say. But you don't need those things. That's a great tool to have once you've got the mindset in place. And that's the key thing. It's getting the mindset of your, your leaders and your staff um, in the right place that they're self-developing and they're sharing already. Once they're there, then you can have a great tool that, that gets them even further. So what we've tried to do um, is uh, what we have we call nudges or spark sessions, which you guys uh, were on. So what we do is rather than saying, here is a training, please take it, it's here is an area of a topic that we believe is important and believe is something you should be interested in. And it sparks your imagination. It sparks your curiosity. And that then hopefully, again, going back to that 20% that comes with you, that then hopefully kind of goes, oh, I want to know more about that area, or that's got me interested in learning and or development in certain areas. Um, So from a company's point of view, it's not investing in budgets, it's not necessarily investing in people, in terms of L&D, but it's investing in what our culture is, how do we get our people to start to develop themselves and point them in the right direction, um and not a oh, what tool can we go out and buy um to to kind of plug the gap
0: T- Toby it's, a, it's an interesting conversation and we are undergoing a bit of a uh transform, transformation exercise within my firm who Paris is helping us with that Paris who you know from the next gen movement so she's a um a a brand and kind of uh a design thinking strategist in her day job and we're working with her uh, undergoing this kind of transformation and we're designing values and we're really looking at infusing um you know not just kind of doing a a a makeover with this transformation but really fundamentally changing uh the makeup and the dna of the firm which is really important not just putting lipstick on it right and i think this topic of curiosity is massive because I think we live in a culture where we tend to focus on things that we can easily measure and you know that's through our academic journey and in corporate you know we're we're looking at quickly you know ticking things off the list and, and getting tasks done to kind of meet these kpis or or these measurements where curiosity is really a value that you cannot put a hard measurement on initially.
3: And
2: for me, um, it has been a bit of controversy, like some of the things I've said, but one of my biggest things is that you should not measure training. Um, And a lot of people think you should, you know, kind of how many people have taken this course and all that kind of stuff is that for me, The measurement is is my business successful is my people engaged Um, and am I going in the right direction are we making money etc etc so the biggest um, trouble I don't know what the best word of putting it but the biggest restraint that a lot of companies and particular learning and development teams have is they concentrate on measuring what they should be doing is thinking what is my business? What is the business's goals? What's their their vision, and how do we help them get there? And let's not kind of get caught up in KPIs and how we're going to measure it. But if you get the right training or the, the right learning and the right environments um, in, then you're going to be uh, you're not going to care about KPIs and metrics because your company's successful. Um, And that could be, you know, doing these kind of spark sessions, these kind of like uh, getting curiosity in. Uh, But sharing is such a key thing that peer-to-peer sharing is how you um, accelerate um, a team or a a company. It's not waiting for the subject matter expert or me to, to train people. It's you've got the knowledge, you go speak to this person and you collaborate together and you share effectively and then I'm trusting you as a as a team to, to kind of get on with it. It's it's very much it's kind of the agile methodology is is uh, uh, a lot to do with it as well. I don't want to get into the agile thing. I'm not an agile coach. No. But there are kind of uh, nice symmetrics
1: in that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It's interesting because I heard a comment this morning oh. to the effect by a behavioral economist that once a measurement becomes the outcome, it's no longer an effective measure, right? right? And I think that's what we do as humans. We start to work to the measurement as an outcome. And in your space, when we're talking about things like curiosity, they they need not be measured and they shouldn't be measured. And um, I guess the one question I just want to ask is in successful teams and businesses, um, where you really see a learning and development and this natural curiosity, what is the leadership team typically look like? Do they, do do these leaderships, are they, these leadership teams, are they typically different to your
2: standard leadership team?
3: Um,
2: No, I don't feel that they're different. Um, I think it's just a, uh, I don't know how to, to best put it, but there's, The leaders that I've seen, and again, you know, we've got some great leaders in our company, um, but there are great leaders all over the place. And I think going back to what we talked about right at the start in terms of traits, um, that there is an element of trust uh, that uh, these great leaders, you know, give their targets and say, I trust you to get to that target. I don't care how you get there, but I trust you to get there. I give you the, the solid foundation. I give you all the skills and all the development and all the opportunities that you need. Um, for example, our uh, CEO said um, uh, a really great thing in, in a town hall that he did recently. That I asked him about uh, development uh, and learning, and he said that I don't care if your one of your personal development goals is to be the greatest surfer in the world. I don't care because... And I will help you to get to be the greatest surfer in the world. If it means that you can also achieve your targets in terms of you know, the the vision that we've got, um, and help you get there. Um, and it was a, for me, it's a great way of putting it that the, a great leader doesn't lead as in the traditional leaders in. Come on, people, let's come with me. It's. A great leader is standing at the finish line with the, with the vision saying, I'm here. This is my vision. Come join me. Um, and it's a it's a hard thing for a lot of people to do, to give that trust. Uh, and not every employee um, can do it, if I'm being honest. Um, a lot of people do need that uh, kind of very um, linear process to tell them, you know, kind of do this, do that, do that, which is fine. Because everybody learns differently, everybody works differently. Um, But for me, that's the what a great leader can do.
1: I'm curious, though. So, like, clearly, you've done a lot of work on yourself, right? In terms of you know, probably more than most. Um, And I was having this chat with uh, a friend of mine the other day. That's you know, he's um, he's gone through a pretty significant transformation. Basically, he was a very different person two years ago to where he is now. And I said to him, I said, mate, what's changed? And you know, he's done he's done um, a fair bit of work on himself. But he said, mate, I read this book, right? That um, you know, basically changed my life. And and I was you know curious around which book it was. And uh, you know, it was Napoleon Hill's um, Think and Grow Rich, which is you know probably the the, the Bible of all self development. <laughs> um, what like what it? is I'm curious is like is there any I guess profound books or certain events that have had a a drastic impact on your life? Um, So, I mean, first of all, let me kind of just touch on
2: when you talked about kind of, you know, he mentioned the book. Um, And I think it's important that people in general understand that everybody learns differently and everybody reacts differently to different things. Um, In training, we always talk about there's kind of five different ways you learn. There's visionary, auditory, Um, speaking, listening, and kinesthetics. There's all different ways that you can learn. So when you're doing a training, you should always try and do all those different things. So not just give a speech, but do a a workshop or um, get a discussion going or get people to write things down, etc. So the fact that your friend's read a book that inspired him, there could be another person that's got the same information from an audio book, Mm. the same book, but an audio version. It might be that he read the book hated it, got the audio version, loved it because he's an audio person rather than a reading person. So that, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. For me, I would probably say, um, obviously apart from my daughter being born, I kind of had to put that out on out there. But if I'm being selfish, um, I would say the biggest impact for me was my TEDx. Uh, and I saw that you kind of used my, uh, my TEDx pictures on the, on the LinkedIn. And it was again. It was a kind of accident that I got TEDx. So I still had to. I had to enter a pitch competition, um, but they just so happened to run the pitch competition on a day where a lot of our product managers were away on a major training. Um, um, so that's not saying that I wouldn't have won anyway. it's like I, I poisoned them all before the day before. Or
3: something. Um,
2: but the idea for me, it was the the theme was mobility uh, in this TEDx talk, um, and I like I said before, I love my films, and my mind for some reason went automatically to Jurassic Park and the the kind of the automatic cars moving around the park and all that kind of stuff, and then kind of my mind shifted to where well, I love Jurassic Park, and then the the idea was. Um, that it was uh, Jeff Goldblum stated that um, just because scientists can doesn't mean they should. Um, and the, the, the other big thing that happened to me was that, yes, I got the nods to say um, I got the, the, the gig. But then I was given a, a coach, a TEDx coach. And what they did is they took my idea and completely blasted it apart, which is a good thing. And then we rebuilt it together. And kind of saying, you yeah, know, that's a good bit. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. And I built um, what I think is a quite uh, a good. I got the, uh, the the on TEDx Twitter, which kind of covers all the TEDxes across the world. I got the, uh, the 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 TEDx of the week uh, for that particular week. So it's a it's a you know wasn't the worst TEDx in the world, um, but I I kind of just went at it slightly differently. Um, but the big thing is is I got up and I did it. Uh, I spent three months rehearsing. Um, I actually kind of spent uh, spent three months talking to my, what was then three month old daughter at two in the morning, feeding her and talking. So I'd love to know like when she grows up if she kind of remembers my TEDx talk just from kind of unconscious uh, hearing it. Um, but for me getting up on stage, yes, I'm a trainer. Yes, I'm an extrovert, but... That's a whole different kettle of fish to getting up on stage and not getting any of the feedback that you normally get. Um and that was a point where I thought, oh, this is you know, this is important. It's I can do this. And now it's kind of like that led me to to push on with my LinkedIn work. Um, push on with what they call it in, in Dutch, they call it the side hustle. I hate that word, because it's like sounds like I'm trying to con people. Mm-hmm. But i basically doing my main work, um, but Aside from that, I'm helping individuals like what we're doing here uh, to help themselves in this learning culture, in this new industry uh, to, to, to get better. So that was, I think, the, my daughter and then the TEDx was the, the kind of the two biggest things recently.
3: Incredible, Toby. That's awesome. <laughs> um, as we start to wrap things up, I just want to acknowledge you on behalf of the team, uh, your passion and how much this stuff lights you up is incredible because yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we, 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 we as you know like how important self-development is and yeah. training out our teams and the people around us to be the best versions of themselves is is pretty much paramount so i pretty much condemn you for the kind of person you are and how passionate you are about this topic um sounds like you live and breathe this and it all happened because of a blockbuster 20 years ago um <laughs>
2: yeah it's it's crazy how things things
3: these days yeah uh, netflix netflix i
2: mean they should have sold it to netflix it would have oh, been okay yeah. don't, don't get me started on, oh, on no, that i know it's
3: okay right but... yeah.
2: yeah they were just so the, the the funny thing is is that the two biggest transformations in terms of blockbusters and netflix and apple and nokia i was not as in like kind of running those companies but i was there at the time so Blockbusters, i was a manager trying to get people to rent films and trying to you know kind of poo poo this new online stuff like who wants to do that when you've got a video that you can touch and feel and all that kind of stuff and then when i was a trainer in uh, t-mobile we had to go out i was sponsored by nokia we had to take the i think it was the n50 with a bit of touchscreen and the flip phone And we had to go out and sell that against the launch of this brand new thing called the iPhone. And we had two weeks of intensive training at T-Mobile to figure out how do we put down the iPhone. So it's things like, why do you want a, a, a battery that you can't take out? Who wants a touch screen? You need buttons, look how great these buttons are. All these things that you look back now and you think, what the hell are they doing? But it's, it's so crazy that at the time when you're wrapped up in that, that you just don't see the future. Mm. And so I can understand why kind of the likes of Nokia and Blockbuster did those kind of things.
3: Awesome, man. Um, would like to give you uh, a plug. If you've got like, it'll give you like 30 seconds if you wanna share anything you got coming up, maybe you've got any websites, anything you wanna promote, maybe where people can find you. Um, the floor is yours, man. Um,
2: yeah, so um, I suppose the biggest thing is you, the, you can see me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm um, making more and more content um, regarding uh, learning culture and how you can help yourselves and what it is. Um, I've actually called myself the learning, the never-ending learner. Sounds very cheesy, but, yeah, I love my ATMs. Um as you can tell. Um, and um, so you can check that out on LinkedIn. Um, I can imagine on the you'll put some links down on the uh, on on your LinkedIn as well. Um, and if people have got questions, um, they kind of want me to help them, or at least want a bit of consulting. Um, you know, just ask a question, then then I'm here. And 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 Toby, we always ask our
0: guests this final question. All right, if you okay. can if you can impart any game-changing advice to the next gen, what would that one piece of advice be?
2: Um, I think probably I would say that um, don't wait for people to train you. Um, get out and find that training yourself. I mean, I know it's, you know, I don't like the word training, so I think it may be learning and development, but... Um, find what makes you passionate Mm. um, and try and do that as a job and try and find training and learning that uh, goes along with that passion. I think a lot of people have said um, that if you work, uh, was if you work uh, on your passion, you'll never work a day in your life or something along those lines. And I'm like like kind of completely lambasted it, but the idea is that if you can do your passion, it's not work. It's in a sense like you're getting paid to do your hobby. Mm. Uh, so find what, what's, what your passion is. Invest it. I know you, you guys say this a lot, but invest in yourself. Find out what ticks kind of think to yourself, talk to yourself, uh, take these tests, find out what ticks and, and, and go find it because nobody's going to give it to you. Mm. Uh, it's the, the, the harsh lessons of, of today's environment that, uh, There is no justification. There's no kind of nobody's going to hand it to you on a golden platter. Well, thank
0: you so much, Toby. As always, super, super um, good conversation. Enjoyed the company. Sorry for my lights turning out mid-conversation. There's always some technical issues. But um, from my end, mate, super, super grateful for the time today, man.
2: No, it's my pleasure. It's a great talking to you guys.
1: And and obviously the the support as well, Toby. I mean, you you sort of been there from you of about day one, so we
2: appreciate it. I loved. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of these people that's um, I don't you know I I hope I never will be a sellout in terms of kind of doing things for money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I generally enjoyed your conversations with your other people, uh, your other interviewers, uh, and I think for me, it kind of it comes across that it comes from your heart
3: mm.
2: uh, it's something you kind of believe in and it's it's genuine, it's not a script uh it's not a kind of like you're doing this because it's your job um, For me, it's like a a kindred spirit <laughs> across the across the many ponds
0: <laughs> all right well look we'll wrap that up guys. Thanks uh, thanks again Toby for your time man and we we'll, we will definitely be speaking soon
1: My pleasure I hope it helped It's yes, it was awesome Take care man yeah, man